0: This was such a good episode, I think. I definitely I feel like this is one of the probably the
1: best episodes we've ever had.
0: <laughs> I think look at that. That's just spur of the moment podcast just mic dropping everywhere.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we weren't gonna record today, guys, but there you go. Straight <laughs> fire. When <laughs> excuse my passion. Hey
0: there, welcome to Tater Talks. Two bitches talk fitness. I am Brooke. And hello, I'm
1: Iris. On this show, we challenge the common understanding of what it means and what it takes to be fit and healthy. We explore all things fitness, nutrition,
0: mindset, and mental health without the fluff and BS. So grab a coffee, get ready to laugh,
1: cry, even learn a thing or two. Let's get into it. Welcome back, everybody, and happy frickin' new year. Hello, Iris. How is it going? good good just kind of plugging along holidays were great i'm sure (laughs) speaking ahead of time because we're recording before christmas but yeah all good things how are you
0: i've been good i've been good just taking care of clients getting ready for christmas i'm of course a procrastinator with christmas shopping so haven't done that yet (laughs) hopefully we'll get to that this weekend But no, overall, things are going really good. Micah has his school performance tonight with his class. And so I'm super excited. It's going to be great. So I mean, again, we're going to probably be sending this out in the new year. So I'm just going to say, yeah, we had great holidays. I'm just going to (laughs) manifest that great holiday action.
1: (laughs) Hell yeah, I love it. Well, what are we going to be talking about today? I think it's a fitting new year discussion. Absolutely,
0: so we are going to be talking about what are the big rocks what are the what is the foundation to creating a healthier lifestyle to help you reach your goals? and the small rocks are things that you necessarily don't really need to pay attention to right away,
1: especially if you're a beginner. I love it because how often do we go zero to a hundred and burn ourselves out because we haven't built a foundation? I mean, both of us have been there. <laughs> Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'd hazard a guess that the majority of our clientele has been there. There's a better way. We have to build that foundation with those big rocks before we pick out the drapes, as they say. What's up first on the list? So nutrition.
0: Nutrition, of course, is going to be a big rock. I think everybody can kind of get that. But it's really about, Mm -hmm. for example, if you're tracking calories, that's great. Absolutely love that. But eating a balanced diet is one of the most important aspects of maintaining your good health, not just trying to hit your macros. So making sure that you're eating a variety of fruits and vegetables, whole grains, lean proteins, healthy fats, limiting those processed foods and added sugars and whatnot, that is going to be kind of the top priority there is making sure that you're in nutrition, especially when this time of year, people are really focused on fat loss and trying to lose lose weight a majority of people not all people this is going to be really really helpful not only that but with fruits and vegetables whole grains lean proteins healthy fats like those are all usually volume foods where you can eat more and spend a little bit less with your deficit if we're talking being in a deficit so it provides the body with the necessary fuel and nutrients for optimal function and recovery so they have a
1: really important place in our health. Mhm. Yeah, it's that health habits along with potentially fat loss habits, right? They go hand in hand, they should go hand in hand. And one of the things that I think a lot of people especially jumping into a new year weight loss endeavor or a health endeavor, it's that balance, right? Like everything we talk about, including the fun stuff that isn't necessarily that nutrient dense, but putting a major emphasis on all of the nutrient dense, minimally processed, lean proteins, all of that stuff that's actually going to satisfy us and keep us full longer and fuel our bodies in the way we need, as well as leaving some room for the other fun stuff. It's just, as you said, I think everybody kind of goes like, yeah, of course, nutrition, but... The interesting thing and the sad thing that I've noticed when people think, you know, nutrition, yes, of course, balanced diet. But to them, balanced means... Putting a bunch of food off limits. Putting a lot of food groups off limits. Carbs. <laughs> Our favorites. Potatoes. I just had a conversation with a client the other day who for years has been afraid of potatoes because she's been scaremongered away from them. But when you actually look at the evidence behind potatoes, they are one of the most satiating, nutrient-dense, starchy carbs you got in vegetable form. And it's interesting when people find out what I do now as a... <laughs> nutrition and fitness professional, the assumptions that people make like, oh, you must eat so quote unquote clean, you must eat so healthy, you must not have any desserts or any sugar. And no, that's not the case at all. And that's not the way we teach. But it's just acknowledging that everything has a place. Everything has a place. It's putting an emphasis on the nutrient dense stuff and then also leaving room for the fun stuff without stressing either way. No, I couldn't agree more. And because people are probably listening to this in the new year, and if you are, thank
0: you. We love, (laughs) we love our listeners. One thing that I really want to emphasize is like, if you are tracking calories, and you are in a calorie deficit, and you are eating more fruits, vegetables, whole grains, lean proteins, healthy fats, all that lovely stuff that make up our overall healthy nutrition habits, your calorie deficit should be a lifestyle. And when I say that, I don't mean like you should always be in a calorie deficit. What I mean is when you are eating like those high volume foods, those whole minimally processed foods, this should become a part of your lifestyle. When you are in maintenance, you should still be eating those foods. You'll just be eating a little more calories. So I know a lot of people who have had issues with tracking in the past. They've come to me and said, yeah, well, whenever I stop tracking, I go off the rails. Mm. That is the complete opposite of what we want. We want to make this a lifestyle change. We want you to eat your fruits, your vegetables, your whole minimally processed foods, lean proteins. We want you to eat that regardless of whether you're in deficit, whether you're in maintenance, whether you're trying to put on muscle and you're in a a surplus. Your nutrition should be more focused on enhancing and improving your own health for the long term. Like don't only eat vegetables if you're in a deficit. Like we want you eating your vegetables all the time. We want you to be hydrated all the time, which we'll get that we'll get to that big rock later. But I think it's super important for people to understand like this isn't just deficit eating. This is eating right. for life. This is changing yeah. your lifestyle. This is creating good habits so you can maintain the results that you get for the long term. It's not oh, I'm only in a deficit. I'm only tracking when I'm in a deficit and I'm only going to eat these foods at this time. It's, we're going to eat these foods all the time because our body needs it and it needs it for fuel. I mean, nutrition affects us on a cellular level. It's important to make sure that you are getting the nutrients that you need, whether you're in a deficit or not.
1: Yeah. And establishing this big rock will (laughs) help you not need or want to be in a deficit all the time. A lot of people who don't carry these actions through into maintenance are the same people who say, well, maintenance didn't work. It's just another version of a yo-yo, maybe not as drastic, but it's like, okay, you do this stuff in a deficit and then you get back into quote unquote maintenance, which is not real maintenance. And then all of these actions go flying out the window. And then three months later, you're like, oh shit, I got to get into a deficit again because I don't like what's happening to my body this is this is really important to establish we're not asking you to overhaul your life right like we're
0: not asking you to do that every time you go into a deficit i mean if you only eat vegetables and fruits and lean proteins when you're in a deficit but then like you go off the rails like that's a behavioral thing and that's something that's really worth looking into because you should be eating your vegetables and fueling yourself properly because i know so many people that feel so much better when that is the case because again, nutrition affects you on a cellular level. There are reasons why it's important to eat those lean proteins, those whole, whole grains, all of that, mm-hmm. because our body needs it to function optimally.
1: Yeah. And I, I really think a lot of people don't understand how crappy they feel until they start eating more nutrient-dense food. And then as you continue to do it, you feel it. When you're not a stint in the holiday season with a lot more highly palatable calorie dense foods, probably higher in sugar, which is not a bad thing. Just the overabundance of them. After a while, you're like, please, salad. (laughs) Where are you? (laughs) You start to feel it. You really, really
0: do. And that kind of leads us to another point with hydration. Drinking enough water. It is crucial for every bodily function, including digestion, absorption, circulation, the ability to create saliva to help you chew and digest your food. I mean, digestion starts in the mouth. A lot of people mm-hmm. don't realize that. Digestion starts in the mouth. And when we start thinking about food, people will be like, oh my God, I'm drooling. You're salivating. So it's important to realize that there are, there are hormones in your mouth that help you digest food. And if you're not drinking enough water... That's going to be impacted by that. So also transportation of nutrients. It helps maintain your body temperature. It helps you move food along through your digestive system. There are so many reasons why being hydrated is important. I mean, a lot of people kind of like giggle and laugh when I'm like, "Hey, drink your water, you raisin," but it's it's because it's, <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. It's because it's important. There are, there are reasons for that. But our
1: body wouldn't be made up of mostly water for a reason. That's a struggle for a lot of people and it's kind of a wake-up call sometimes when I talk to clients because that's never like been a problem for me. I like water, which apparently is an odd thing to like. <laughs> I don't drink a lot of carbonated things and only like in the last 2 years I started drinking coffee. I've always been a big water drinker and that's a real struggle for a lot of people. So, get yourself a cute water bottle, set yourself some timers if needed. And take a look at your pee, which is a, people look at me weird when I say that, but really look at your pee. If it's a dark, dark yellow, you need some water. If it's like a gentle, like baby yellow, you're probably okay. But it's so important for so many physiological processes, like Brooke said, not to mention, it kind of bugs me when people say, you're not hungry, you're just thirsty, You don't really confuse hunger and thirst, I don't think, as easily as a lot of people say. Brooke, maybe you have a different opinion on this, but I don't think it's as just drink. You're not hungry. You're thirsty. Sometimes you're hungry. Okay. But there is something to be said for the habit of drinking a big glass of water before you eat. Just make it a habit. Habit stack that, right? You're going to eat. So just throw in a glass of water with it. I love that you
0: say that because I literally do that every morning before I have my coffee. I need... I challenge myself to drink 16 ounces of water before my first 12 ounce cup of coffee i mean coffee i love it i I think it's important like coffee can hydrate you because the number one ingredient is water but at the same time we need to be drinking water as well now i do tell people that sometimes they can confuse thirst and hunger because sometimes people aren't totally aware of how dehydrated they are until Mm. they start experiencing things like cramps but i again like I don't want people to take that and be like, oh, I am thirsty, not hungry. Make sure that your nutrition is in check and you are eating enough food throughout the day because that's important. Like, I love that you brought that up too because I will tell people, have a glass of water before a meal so you can kind of like gauge whether it's hunger or thirst or before, like if you are about to overeat, have some water, go do something for 20 minutes, set a timer and you'll forget that you're hungry when in reality, you're probably just a little thirsty. But overall... Regardless of whether the situ- whether the situation is that or not,
1: hydration is important. It is important. It's crucial for our body. Set timers. I have almost all of my clients set timers. The ones that struggle with drinking water, because a lot of people just forget, oh, and then yeah. they realize three hours later, oh, my mouth is like really dry, and I'm having a hard time articulating words. <laughs> okay, drink some water. Set some timers. Every hour, hour and a half, chug a lug. Yes. And I absolutely love that you're bringing that up because like I have
0: clients where they'll download a water tracking app. Mm-hmm. It will literally remind them. I actually used to use one. I forget what the name of it was, but it was really cute because every time like I'd have to drink water, it would make like a little a sound of like a cup filling up and it's like, oh, I need to drink <laughs> my water. But Iris, I totally notice the same thing with clients where it's like, I don't like water. Okay. If you don't like water, flavor it up. They have Mio, these little zero calorie water enhancers where it tastes like juice they have sparkling water counts as water I'm drinking one as we speak yeah lemon juice lime juice yeah adding lemons adding limes adding oh I love adding frozen berries like frozen raspberries to my water and then I'm also getting water and like at the very end I'm getting raspberries so it's like water and fiber water and fiber right in one glass (laughs) but you can also drink tea like an herbal tea that's that's also a good option if people don't like to drink just plain water like i don't drink just plain water cuz for me that would be boring i like flavor <laughs> but i am really good at drinking plain water as well like when i go to the gym i drink my plain water i have to <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but yeah just making sure you're getting that, getting it in regardless like there there are so many ways that you can get water and eating eating fruits with a high water content like watermelon like Honeydew melon. I've been on a honeydew kick lately. Too bad it's not in season. There are ways to get water through your food as well. But most importantly, you just got to make sure that you're hydrated. Check your pee. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love it. I said that to a client the other day and she, she kind of responded with a look like, what? <laughs> like, well, yeah, yeah. It's our body's way of telling us what's going on. Exactly.
0: What else is important, Iris, besides water and nutrition?
1: regular physical activity. (laughs) Strength coaches here. Whatever it is, in a perfect world, we would like everybody to be doing a balanced mix of strength training and cardio and then tweakage, a little bit of tweakage depending on the specific individual's goals. But movement is so important for your mental health, for your physical health, obviously, for your digestion, for your stress management levels, for your mobility, for that investment in yourself. So Especially with strength training, because when you're old, <laughs> you want to be mobile and independent and strength training is where it's at when it comes to that. Absolutely. I mean, strength training has so many benefits. Strength training helps
0: people with function as they age. I think that's incredibly important. And also it helps with increasing bone density. So if you do fall in your old age, you're not breaking your bones the more lean body mass we have, the more calories our body needs to burn to sustain your body. All these people, it's funny because like we're getting into that time of year where there's a lot of marketing. There's a lot of like, oh, use this thermogenic fat burner. Drink cold water because your body's going to burn more calories. When, when in reality, to reset your metabolism or boost your metabolism. First of all, there ain't no boosting when we're talking about metabolism. Right. That's not how it works. What works is making sure that you are building muscle mass. That way your body increases its metabolism because you are strength training. And that takes time to build muscle. So you don't just boost it. You have to work for it, which I think is really important to mention. Mm -hmm. It plays a significant role in maintaining and improving health. It aids in your weight management, improving your cardiovascular health. It strengthens muscles and bones, enhances mood. It does all these things. Like, who do you know that has told you I really regret that workout? Right. Most of the time, people don't regret the workout, and if they do, it's probably because they did something wrong. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: murdering themselves with HIT for the seventh time that week, or you're you're pulling a Coach
0: Brooke and accidentally dropping a weight on your foot or something like that. That will definitely <laughs> cause like a not so great workout. It actually will just cause me to have a shitty attitude, but. There are so many different reasons why physical activity is important. And I think that we can use this time to really talk about NEAT and exercise activity. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think physical activity is just a strength workout or a hit session or cardio. But that's not necessarily the case. The reason why getting your steps in is so important is because it raises your NEAT. And that's your non-exercise activity thermogenesis. And it's pretty much all the small movement that you do throughout the day that's not structured exercise. For example, parking farther away at the grocery store to increase your steps. When you increase your steps, that is going to help your NEAT. And the reason why that's important is because NEAT is affected right after your BMR. So you have your BMR, which makes up about 70% of your total daily energy expenditure. And right after that is your NEAT. Your NEAT really factors in to your total daily energy expenditure, which is what we as coaches base a client's deficit maintenance or surplus at. So when we're talking about total daily energy expenditure in order to find out where where you're sitting, your BMR, which is your basal metabolic rate, which is really just keeping the lights on, keeping you breathing, keeping your heart pumping, all that, it takes about 70%. Coming in hot next is your NEAT. So all of like what I had mentioned with the getting your steps in, if you're cleaning your house, that all contributes to your needs. It all does. And it contributes 15 to 20%. So it's really important to get your sense. Not insignificant. Yes. So I mean, like if a client has to miss a workout, which is your exercise activity, I would much rather you go on a 20 minute walk than not do anything because that's still contributing more to your total daily energy expenditure than exercise alone. But exercise is important for the reasons that we named above. And coming in hot next, we talked about nutrition a little bit, but that's your thermic effect of food. So that your body requires more calories to digest protein than any other macronutrient. So it's really important to make sure that you are getting enough protein because that also contributes to your total daily energy expenditure and quote unquote, boosts your metabolism.
1: And it keeps you fuller longer and feeds your muscles and helps your brain function and balances your blood sugar and (laughs) a host of other things. And frankly, a lot of people are not eating enough protein and they've been under eating on protein for so many years. So if that's a first step, I would say start adding some protein to your nutrition. But there's a few other things about physical activity, but especially strength training that I wanted to mention. One of them is that, of course, as we build muscle and lose body fat, we are aiming for that common term, getting toned. All that means is that you have muscle mass and that you're lean enough to see it. So when it comes to strength training, intentional strength training with heavy for you weights in challenging rep schemes, not just these lightweight, super high reps, feel the burn, exhaust yourself type workouts, but an intelligent strength program, that will shape us. That will give our bodies shape. Recently, we had the gym nurse on the podcast and, and she said a lot of people, including myself, we lose weight and we're like, oh, I don't have the shape that I thought I would. And that's because we didn't have any muscle. So we have to work to put it on. And that's where intelligence strength training comes in. But not only that, having muscle mass on your frame will allow your body to utilize the nutrients that you eat better. If you don't have a ton of muscle mass, your body's going to have a hard time sending those nutrients in the places they need to go. So another bonus point for strength training. And the third one that I think is really underlooked for exercise in general is that when people take the time to exercise, that helps with weight management and not because of the calories burned, but it's because of the trickle-down effect of positive, helpful decisions in that regard, right? Somebody will think, Okay, well I've exercised. So now I want to eat nutritious food and now I want to get to bed on a reasonable time because you started the day with this thing, taking time for yourself, moving your body makes you feel good, get the blood pumping, and it's just a trickle down and this is actually one of one of the traits of people who have lost weight and successfully kept it up a long time. As Lane Norton talks about in his book, Fat Loss Forever, there was a study of people, I believe it was like three or five years where they studied these people who lost a lot of weight, were able to keep it off, and they looked at the common traits of these people. And then as time has gone on, more and more and more evidence has piled up that this, these things are super beneficial, either habits or actions or environments for people who have lost weight and kept it off. And one of them was physical activity of some sort, whether or not it's specifically strength training, because of that trickle-down effect of positive behaviors that support in the long-term weight management. And that's so underrated and overlooked, I think. Oh, I couldn't agree more.
0: There is a trickle-down effect. Like after you do a really intense, challenging workout, are you going to go to McDonald's? <laughs> <laughs> probably not. You're probably like, oh, you know what? That. Exercise is a good influence on your nutrition. Yeah, it really is. And it's a great incentive. You go to the gym, you're not going to want food that's not what people call quote unquote healthy. I think it's actually, it's really, really good habit stacker. Not only that, but like, man, one thing that people really underrate is sleep. Oh Lord. Yes. Oh. (laughs) Oh Lord. Talking about strength training dog. Like People think that you are building muscle when you're in the gym, when in reality, you are building muscle when you rest. You are Mm -hmm. building muscle during the recovery part. The workout part, that is just getting the ball rolling. Stimulation, baby. Yeah, that's just getting the ball rolling. So quality sleep is is essential for recovery, your hormone balance, your mental health, just really your overall wellness. Like people know what it feels like when you don't get a good night's sleep, like you're a little bit more agitated it's easy to make rash decisions when it comes to nutrition people that there's a reason like there is a legitimate reason why sleep deprivation is a torture tactic i don't think people fully (laughs) understand that sleep deprivation is terrible it's absolutely Mm -hmm. terrible so people that are like oh no no
1: rest for the wicked like that's bullshit Bullshit. Yeah, it's not a flex to not sleep. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) And it's one of those things where like, we totally understand that there are some things when it comes to sleep that are just out of your control. You can't control it. You got a screaming baby. You have night shifts. You have like a wonky work schedule. You have insomnia. You have sleep conditions. We get that 100%. And Brooke, you've talked about how you've had sleep issues in the past. Oh, yeah. So we totally, totally understand that that's a thing. At the same time though, I will challenge people to really take a hard look at their sleep hygiene and their sleep routine because there's a lot of you guys out there and I love you to death, but your sleep routine is non-existent and your sleep hygiene sucks and you are putting yourself in a <laughs> really good position for really bad sleep. Yes. I'm a mom. I
0: understand people listening to this with kids. It's like, oh, well, my kids aren't sleeping through the night. That's out of your control. That's out of your control, I totally get it Iris and she she already mentioned like I've talked about my sleep on the podcast, and my little guy he has some high support needs, and with autism, his body naturally produces less melatonin than a neurotypical person, and so he needs to not only take melatonin but before he got on a medication that he is on now, he would sleep for four hours at a time. I was massively sleep deprived for about eight years, and when I finally slept a full night, I felt like a new person. Like it's, it's really, really challenging for parents out there who, who are going through that, or they have a newborn baby stage, it will pass. It sucks for a short amount of time. I mean, it's not common for eight years to go by with sleep deprivation, so don't <laughs> think that that's gonna happen. But mine is a, like a, a different circumstance. But mm-hmm. you can still create good sleep hygiene routines when you're a parent sleep when the baby sleeps i know everybody says that and everybody hates when people say that but it's it's so true it's imperative the laundry can go fuck itself mainly because i don't <laughs> like doing laundry but <laughs> <laughs> ask your partner for help yes yes and understanding that like sleep is essential for your health if people are going to prioritize binge watching a tv show over their sleep that's going to affect your health and wellness goals because when you wake up and you're super tired the next morning you go to starbucks you get your coffee you're a little hungry so you decide and eh, i'm gonna get a pastry with that like i'm tired that happens and i want to take this opportunity if she's listening i'm sure she is because i absolutely love her to death my client ginger i need to give her a huge fucking shout out like she has a crazy work schedule right but when we first started working together she was only getting like Six hours of broken sleep, like two hours here, a couple hours there, due to her work schedule. And now, like, she is averaging a solid six to eight hours because she has worked relentlessly on her sleep hygiene and it has produced incredible results for her because she's doing the work of making sure that she's taking care of her sleep habits. So It is super important. And Ginger, like you're listening to this way to fucking go, girl. Like I'm super proud of you. Let's go, Ginger. Let's
1: go. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, sleep. Oh my gosh. Sleep. It's so important. Not to mention all the other things we talked about, but brain function, memory consolidation, hormone production, and it trickles down to everything. And for those with nutrition related goals, a lot of people don't understand how shitty sleep will affect your hunger hormones. When your body is lacking in energy, and we talked about this in the episode about the side effects of being in a prolonged calorie deficit, your body starts to try to get itself energy. It tries to compensate subconsciously. So with shitty sleep, that is one thing that can happen. Like you will be a little bit more snackish. Obviously, you'll be tired. But your body is trying to signal yourself, hey, I'm low on energy here. I need some energy. And so if you're not aware of it, you can very easily start snacking on things and take yourself right out of your calorie range for whatever goal you have. And that's just a side effect of crappy sleep. So I wanna do a whole episode on sleep, actually. I think that would be really good. Kind of dissect a sleep hygiene, bedroom hygiene and sleep routines and really help people get that in check because so many people don't have it. But just basic, basic, basic. Do you have a dark, cold room? To sleep in. Are you shoving your computer and your phone in your face right before you try to fall asleep? Do you dim the lights before you go to bed to try to wind down? Do you drink caffeine late in the day? Alcohol late in the day. A lot of people don't realize how alcohol affects their sleep too. They, oh, they yeah. think they're sleeping and they're not. They're just passing out. They're not getting good quality sleep. Especially drinking in the evenings. Napping late in the day. Trust, I love my naps, but once I stopped napping like after 2 p.m., and I barely nap anymore anyway, but after 2 for sure, my sleep quality got so much better. Again, physical exercise, nutrient-dense food, protein, all the stuff. I definitely want to dive into this more. Oh, absolutely. And not to mention,
0: when you're not getting enough sleep, it brings us to our next point. You are going to be more stressed out. Oh, hell yeah. You're gonna be on edge because you're fucking tired. And let's say you're on edge because you're frustrated, because you aren't seeing any progress on the scale. And it's because you're not making nutritionally sound decisions for yourself because you're not getting enough sleep, because it that affects your decision making. So stress management is huge. Like that's one of the first things I talk about with my clients is what are some things in your life that are stressful? And let's talk about managing that stress because chronic stress can lead to some serious health problems, heart disease, Mm. high blood pressure, diabetes, other illnesses, fibromyalgia, things like that. It can really, really impact your overall health. It's so important to get techniques for managing stress, mindfulness, the shit that we talked about earlier with our nutrition, (laughs) with our physical activity, with our sleep, hydration, all of that. You need to learn how to manage your stress and cope. And that doesn't mean that you need to every single morning, you need to meditate, you need to journal, you need to do all this, but you do need to learn how to manage your stress
1: in a way that works for you. Yeah. A way that works for you. I love that you said that because I'm a proponent of journaling and I'll be the first to tell you I don't do it that often because to me personally, it, it's just like, yeah. But for other people, that is like their saving grace. For me, a walk outside in the sun, hopefully in the sun, (laughs) but outside in the fresh air, for me personally, is like one of the best things ever for stress management. So yeah, really just exploring different modalities, figuring out some things that can take you out of your head, get you out of the stressful tizzy of whatever situation you're in, and just breathe for a little bit. Relax your body. Deep breaths and connect to yourself and the people around you in a in a supportive way, in a healthy way, instead of reaching for whatever self-soothing that is actually a self-sabotage technique that we personally prefer. Absolutely stress management can also
0: really affect your mental health Mm -hmm. and that's why this shit all plays together this is why they're the big rocks this is why they're the foundation is because if you are chronically stressed and it's impacting your mental health and you're not able to get enough sleep because of it like i understand like i just little disclaimer here this is pretty personal information but i'm going to share it with you anyway i am a person that struggles with anxiety And I know so many other people who as soon as they lay down, they immediately start getting the racing thoughts like that's something that I struggle with. And until I started managing my stress, until I started taking care of my mental health and seeing a therapist and making sure that I'm implementing practices like mindfulness and meditation and taking care of myself. And, and taking care of yourself doesn't mean taking a shower. It doesn't mean brushing your teeth. That's all basic. Yeah.
1: That's all basic. Basic necessities is not self-care. Yeah.
0: yeah. Like that's not what I mean, but like taking care of myself, like knowing when I'm getting into a stressful situation, like I can put down whatever I'm doing and go for a walk. It means deep breathing. It means checking in with myself. I think a lot of people really aren't aware of their emotions and how it affects you. And it is so important that you keep your mental health in check because it is it's, it's going to enhance your quality of life if you do if you feel like you need to talk to someone see a therapist like there's nothing wrong with going to therapy and and they can give you like if if you're wondering like oh shit how can i manage my stress like what are coping strategies
1: like finding a really good therapist can help you with that could not agree more i think that leads into kind of a a subtext that i want to throw out there is alcohol if you're struggling with stress and your mental health, I think alcohol is probably one of the worst things you can turn to because it's a depressant. Alcohol is a depressant. It's like throwing fuel on that fire. It's not a good option. If you're struggling with depression, anxiety, just general stressors in life, again, because of the way it affects your sleep, the way your body has to process it, it, it sees it as a toxin because it is. I... Just really encourage you to consider, (laughs) not consider, do, limit your alcohol intake or omit. Just wanted to put that in there as well. But I also think that leads to another one, which is your social connections, your friend group, your family group, your chosen family. In my little group of IRL friends, we have a joke, our italics family, because there's family and then there's family. You can limit time with your italics family if they are (laughs) nothing but stress and potentially verbally abusive and emotionally manipulative just because you're blood related or adopted. I'm adopted. All my fellow adopted boys and girlies out there doesn't mean you have to give them all of your time and attention. And that's something that I've been a little bit more open to talking about, I think, as this year draws to a close because you guys have to be more aware of who you're allowing in your circle. And I'm not saying that everybody in your circle has to be like 100% always on the same page and agree with absolutely everything you think and say and do because that's I think an echo chamber that doesn't really help anybody in any way. But there's a limit, right? If people are treating you like shit, if they're not being supportive of your goals, if they're constantly dogging what you want to achieve and dragging you down into the spiral of negativity. We've talked about mommy wine culture before. And so many people, I think, are kind of stuck in this circle of friends because they're their kids, friends, moms. And they're not a great circle to be in because they Just the way they talk about themselves and the way they talk about their families and their partners and their kids and the fact that they act like they have to drink to even deal with having kids and like all these things that is just a negativity tornado that isn't a healthy place to be in. I think people really have to examine their social connections and the people they choose to give their time and energy and really make some changes there if you notice that it's just more shit (laughs) than good. Yeah. Absolutely,
0: and you know that brings up like if you have, and I know this is kind of after the holidays, so I apologize that you're getting this <laughs> a all that later. But I've I've talked to a lot of people where they have family members that will critique their body, that will critique their weight, that will you know make suggestions on what they should do. And like to be honest, that's not okay. It's not okay. And it's okay. It's okay to stand up for yourself and say, hey, you know what makes you so comfortable saying that about my body? Why is it any of your business? And if they pull the whole, like, well, but I care about you, crap. Like, if you, if you cared, you would also consider feelings and how that, that makes you feel. Yeah.
1: Oh, I will tell you, I have a family member who, for my, most of my life, has been pretty verbally abusive and emo- emotional and manipulative. <laughs> I totally jumbled those words, but you know what I'm trying to say. I know what you mean. <laughs> and at the end of every tirade was like, I'm saying these things because I care about you. And as I've grown into more of an adult, fuck that. (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't come across as caring. I'll tell you that right now. Damn ass straight. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, It's not caring. You don't have to put up with that kind of shit. And it is okay to stand up for yourself. It's okay to cut people out. I think it's also worth mentioning you don't have to come out swinging. It's very case dependent. But if someone in your life is just constantly, constantly, every time you see them, every get together, there comes a time where you do have to put your foot down and say, okay, enough is enough here. You have to stand up for yourself. And it's scary. It's hard that you could get some backlash, but it's part of showing yourself that you are worthy of that respect. And that is self-care. That is self-care. That's on self-care. It's giving (laughs) self-care. I
0: absolutely agree. And when you feel bad standing up for yourself, like, you shouldn't. They're not considering your feelings in this. And so, you know what? Like, this sounds petty as fuck, but, like, don't consider their feelings for that either. Like, if you've told someone, like, hey, please don't talk about my my body. Please don't talk, whether it's positive or negative. Just don't fucking question people's bodies. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Is that hard? <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. a little tangent, but, like... It's something that I I've heard in the past. It's something that I've I've witnessed, whether it's a good compliment or bad compliment, it doesn't matter what the intention is. The fact is it shouldn't happen. When if someone genuinely cares about you, they are not going to call you out over a holiday. They're going to have a face-to-face personal conversation with you. It really hurts my heart when when I hear clients say, Oh, my mom was very critical of my body growing up. It really sucks. It really sucks because as a coach, we we see this a lot. And it's hard because it, that typically is so ingrained that people get so anxious around the holidays because oh, I have to see my mom and she's going to make a comment about my body or my weight, or she's going to make a comment about somebody else's body and weight. And then you're sitting there in this awkward situation that's happened to me. And it's harmful. It's it's very harmful. So, And if you're listening to this and you are talking about other people's bodies, knock it the fuck off.
1: Keep your mouth shut. shut. I'm actually writing a post for Instagram right now in a in a caffeinated fueled rage this morning. (laughs) Gotta love those. I started writing a a post and also based on some conversations with clients lately, but how to build a more neutral body image. And I'm not saying like my clients do this, but one of the things to be really aware of in creating your own neutral to positive body image, stop talking shit on other people's bodies. Keep your mouth shut. Yours and others. It's not only, you know, human decency (laughs) and kindness. Which is important. Be a decent human, please. Which is very important. But we've we've said it, and I think everybody kind of knows, judgments are a projection of how you feel about yourself. And if you are putting other people's bodies down, that is a mirror right back at your own ass. And that is something to be aware of and acknowledge and practice if perchance you catch yourself being judgy against somebody else's body, dissect it and see where it's coming from and see how you can reframe that into a more neutral to positive way. Absolutely, and I think
0: wrapping this up because we covered a lot today, it is just so important that these big rocks, I want you to understand these big rocks are big rocks for a reason. This is how you fundamentally make a lifestyle change. When you put that time and energy into yourself, you're putting that time and energy into your growth. And what that does, which I think is a very beautiful thing, is it creates this transference. It creates transference to where when you start recognizing that you're in maybe a negative social situation, or you start to realize, oh, okay, this is is becoming a part of who I am. There's a lifestyle it's going to lead to making challenging decisions. It's going to not be comfortable to implement these big rocks because it can be intimidating. But like, I encourage you while you're implementing these big rocks to really just become the best version of yourself is to be compassionate towards yourself. You're not gonna be perfect. You're not going to have perfect nutrition. There are going to be nights where you don't get as much sleep. There are going to be days where you don't hit your water intake, but that doesn't mean that you give up. You need to be consistent. And consistency isn't about perfection. Consistency is about never giving up. You're going to notice things like your child wanting to be healthier. That's going to transfer to them. People always get so like, they, they, they ask me like, gosh, how do you get your son to eat vegetables? Well, I eat vegetables. You're the example. When I started really working on my big rocks and when i really started taking care of myself when i really started to get enough sleep and prioritize who i am like it really opened up a lot like this has probably been one of the most challenging years of my life and i had to look at my social connections and i realized maybe the person that i was planning to spend the rest of my life with was not was not good for me wasn't good for me and i noticed like this transference of my son eating healthy vegetables doing all this stuff and i started to notice my mental health was being impacted. My stress was through the roof because I, I love my ex fiance to death, but like I wasn't getting any help. And it really comes down to when you make changes with these big rocks, not everybody is going to change with you. And I think that that's really important to, to recognize because that transference isn't always like a super comfortable thing. So I really want people to take that into consideration. Like look at your mental health. Look at your stress management, look at your sleep and your nutrition and how the people in your life play a part of that and make the decisions necessary for you to keep growing into the best version of yourself because that doesn't affect anybody
1: else but you and possibly your children. Mic drop. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And you know what? Not everyone is going to change with you. Not everyone's going to like it. And that's okay. Okay. You don't have to force them to change because you cannot force them to change. You can only control yourself and trying to force something that cannot be forced is where resentment comes from for, uh, for yourself and towards other people. Eyes on your own paper. Stay in your lane.
0: Yep. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. This is our, like, this was such a good episode. I think I definitely I feel like this is one of the probably the best episodes we've ever had. <laughs> I think look at that. That's just spur of the moment podcast, just mic dropping everywhere.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we weren't gonna record today, guys, but there you go. Straight fire.
0: <laughs> when excuse my passion, it's something that I've experienced and it's something that my clients experience and it's just so important to make sure that you stay in your lane and you're focusing on you and You have people in your life that are loving and supportive and compassionate because in the end, it is all about you. Mm -hmm. In the end, you control the controllables. You control whether or not you grow as a person or whether or not you stay stagnant. Either way, you have to pick your hard. You can implement these big rocks and it's going to be hard or you can stay where you're at. And that's going to be hard too if you are looking for a goal that is going to be based on the foundation of these big rocks. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: The end. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for joining us, everybody. Happy New Year. I hope you guys kind of absorb this and take it to heart and really get that ball rolling to make some changes for yourself. And whatever goals you have this year, just do them in a respectful way for yourself. Don't base them off of self loathing and self hatred. And it's okay not to like where you are, but it doesn't have to be from a place of disrespect. Absolutely. I couldn't have said that better myself. All right, guys. Well, we don't ask much, but we'll ask today. (laughs) If you want to share this with your friends, share it to your socials, tag us. We really appreciate knowing that our listeners enjoy the show and that they get something out of it. We're building a a little community around this and, and it's been really great. We really appreciate all the messages and the questions and the topic suggestions and all of that. So- We love you guys and have a great 2024. Yes. Here we go. Implementing these big rocks. 2024. Let's go. Let's go, baby. All right. Same time, same place. See you next time. We love you. Deuces. Thanks for listening to Tater Talks, two bitches
0: talk fitness. If you enjoyed the show, let us know by writing a review, subscribing wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Find me, Iris, on Instagram at irisdeadlifts. And you can find me, Brooke, on Instagram at getyouabrook. We'll talk to you soon. Nice. Nice!